Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, where we discuss meaningful business topics to add value to your efforts. Titus Bartolotta is a certified business coach that's often hired for one-on-one coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, here's your host, Titus Bartolotta. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the program. Uh, you made it. You're here. I mean, all of the listeners in the whole world that tune in uh, to Solutions from the Huddle right here on ESPN Charlotte. Man, we are grateful to have you. I still am the host. They haven't kicked me out yet. I'm Titus Bartolotta. Welcome to the program. If this is your first time listening, really the, the whole idea of this program is to advance the vision of someone's life and business by bringing really awesome, intentional, strategic individuals, professionals onto the program to help kind of teach and illustrate the winning strategies that we can utilize in our life and business. Uh, And that's what we do every single week. But I don't do that alone. I get to sit next to the finest co-host in the whole business, Chris Allison. Good morning. How are you, friend? Hi, Titus. As always, it's uh, a pleasure to sit in today. Look forward to... I, I think it's going to be a very educational show. No and question. I, you know, my life is based around sales, yeah. and of course. And so I'm, I'm very excited uh, with this guest today to get some more insight on, on how we can improve that aspect of our life. I'm telling you, we, we've got a special one. So for, for today's solution from the huddle, we're talking about keys to developing a high-performing sales organization. Let's be honest with ourselves. Everybody uh, in the planet, uh, they're all involved in sales, right? I mean, the people that say, oh, I'm not a sales, you're still selling something, right? And and the truth is we all have organizations and teams that are involved in sales, but they may not be high-performing, right? I mean, we might be talking and doing all the actions, but not getting anything to come from it. So our guest today is going to talk all about that, and we're lucky to have him. We start the show the same way, and whether you're riding along the roads with us listening on ESPN Charlotte, or whether you're listening to this this show podcasted on iTunes and iHeartRadio and Spotify and all the places we are, no matter where you're listening, we start the same way. We ask that you'll join us, and here we go. Lord, we give you thanks for all things. We ask that you'd bless the show, the guests, the, the sponsors, just everyone involved. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable. All right, so let's get right to it. Our guest today is really somebody incredible. Uh, Here's who we've got. We've got an individual by the name of Larry Manley. Uh, He started with a company called Cutco uh, Cutlery in 1988. Uh, Shortly after that, he was promoted to district manager in 1990, and this was in Dayton, Ohio. But he moved to the Carolinas in 1997 to become a division manager of the Carolina division. Uh, Since then, he's actually developed five other division managers within Cutco, the most in the company's history, by the way. And he's also responsible for over $111 million in sales with Cutco. Uh, This is a professional on the show that absolutely can speak to our topic today. He's also a friend. Larry, welcome to the program, sir. Hey, Titus. How are you? I am well. I mean, I am so excited. Uh, you know, I, I love to talk to smart people. I love to talk to intentional people, passionate people, folks that breathe fire uh, when it comes to leadership. And uh, and that's you. Uh, but here's the deal. I probably didn't do half of uh, as good of a job telling the whole world how amazing you are as you will. Tell us a little bit. Add the, fill in the gaps there for me a little bit about the journey with Cutco and, and, and this, the talent behind the work you've done, because it's actually really impressive. Well, thank you, Titus. Um I, I started pretty much out of high school, I guess you'd say, and, and I started just selling the Cutco Cutlery product, not really thinking it would become a career. I was just looking to make some money, get some experience um, as a young kid, and 
as I got into the company, I loved the uh, the core values of the company, the beliefs of it, the product, et cetera. And I just kept going, you know, just one step at a time. And uh, again, not really thinking about it in, in career or building a life type of terms, but just just take it one step at a time. So I became a manager with the company and really enjoyed it. And I got a chance to work with the kids and mentor them, just like you know people mentored me and helped me along the way. Mm. And then uh, and then got a chance to become a division manager and, and, and moved to Raleigh. And I love the Carolinas and been here ever since. So. Well, that's that's impressive. I mean, to start kind of at that entry level position and now responsible for over one hundred and eleven million dollars. We've got C level individuals that listen to the program. We've got startup companies. We've got established brands. Um, but I I would say that we have far more listeners that haven't secured one hundred and eleven million dollars <laughs> in, in top line sales than have. So so hopefully they're getting their notebooks out. Tell me uh, again the solution from this week's title is keys to developing a high-performing sales organization. We've got the right guy on the show for it, but here's a question for you. Where does it start? Uh, a person who's got a business right now and they're trying to put together a high-performing sales team, not just a group of people that like barely handle the leads and <laughs> they can't close anything. Where does it start when you're trying to develop that performing, that high-performing sales organization? Well, Titus, I think it starts with the, the leader having a mission and a vision. And, um, you know, where do they want to see their organization be? To me, that starts with that, you know, with core values. Um, you know, I call them, you know, kind of a mantra, uh, pillars. And so, to me, it starts with the leader having that in mind. And then I'd say from there it goes to recruiting and developing and, you know, attracting the right talent, you know, the right people. Um so, you know, getting, you know, I think Jim Collins said it in his, his book, did a great getting the right people on the bus. And so yeah. I think if the leader starts with that, with that vision in mind of where they want to be, then that'll help them, you know, kind of have a clearer picture of what type of people they want to attract. And I think that, that, that you know, is where it starts recruiting and retaining talent. Well, you know, peacocks get to be colorful and throw their feathers up so that they can be attractive and people can see them. Some folks wear bright yellow T-shirts when they're walking down the street. <laughs> you know, what's the strategy when you're recruiting talent? How do you how are you attractive to them when you don't have all the time to explain the brand and the culture? And, and it's this drive by world that we live in, you know, whether it's millennials or not, everyone's so distracted. There's so much noise. And you're saying, here's where it starts. It starts with having core values at the leadership and being able to recruit talent. How do you attract them? How do you get them to stop what they're doing for a minute and look in your direction so that you can tell them why that brain and organization is worth their, their talent? Well, I think, I think as a leader, you know, you have to be impressive to people. I mean, you have to realize that in today's world, um, especially if you're trying to attract people, you know, it helps if you're the type of person they want to be like. Mm. And so, um, you know, that's something that I always talk to my managers about is you have to be the type of person that others want to be like if you want them to follow you, if you want them to be attracted to you. So you got to be impressive. I mean, I, I, I literally looked over at Chris and I gave a head nod because I was impressed by that, that answer. I mean, you know, that's that's so smart, you know, I mean, and because it, it, it sounds like it's it, it works in different capacities. Right. I mean. Being, it would be one thing for you to say, do these two things, and maybe that would only work for two out of ten people, but to be impressive means you kind of have to like 
pay attention and shift and be versatile and flexible because you have to be impressive to all of them. And it might be different from one person to the next. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. It definitely is different and it's in all facets. You know, it could be, it could be something as simple as how you dress to how you carry yourself to, you know, if I, if I take a client or somebody I'm trying to attract out for lunch, you know, it's how I treat people. It's how I carry myself. It's, and, and it can't be, you know, obviously I can't treat a waiter or waitress nice because I'm trying to impress someone else. It's just got to be, you know, kind of how you live and how you, you know, how you are. Um, are you the type of people that others, you know, want to be like? Um, so, and then, and then, of course, if you have a program or a product or a service that somebody can believe in and somebody that, that's high quality, you know, that helps too because that obviously is going to attract more people. Larry Manley joining us again. Solutions from the huddle, 7.30 the game, ESPN Charlotte, and he's with Cutco Cutlery. Larry, what about the opposite end of that? Not uh, necessarily, you know, yes, you want to be attractive to the potential sales team or the salesperson. What do you look for? I, I've heard it many times people say, man, I just can't find good salespeople. What, do you, what are some of the things you look for as you build your team? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I I look for a few different qualities, and and that is, you know, one I try to look at somebody who, you know, has a desire, and um, you know, they they they're hungry. You know, I, I look at that more than somebody's, you know, education. For example, mm-hmm. not that education is not important, but you know, you give me someone who's hungry, somebody who's passionate, somebody who, you know, in talking to them. I can see that fire in their eyes. I can see that hunger. And then if I give them the proper training and support and guidance and management, Mm -hmm. I expect them to be successful. You know, and that's the, that's the other thing is, is I, you know, I have to have people who, you know, I expect to be successful. I'm not going to bring somebody on that I don't expect to do well. Mm -hmm. And I find people oftentimes will live up to my expectations of them as well. So, so what you're saying is once you, once you have the talent, you've got to set the right expectations. You've got to provide proper training. If you could go a little bit into that, because I listen to so many people say, uh, I got the right person. I told them what to do. They can't get it done. <laughs> or, or yeah. you know, the resume was great. They had all this training. They can't, I, I brought them in um, and, and, you know, we showed them how to use the computer and I, now I don't know what's going on. So yeah. <laughs> clear expectations and proper training probably goes a little bit further than what some of these other folks are doing when they fail, right? Yeah, I would say so, Ty. As a matter of fact, I would say that's one of the biggest errors I see in, um, in companies these days is the proper training and then that support and guidance and accountability and follow-up afterwards. You know, um, training isn't just showing somebody what to do. It's setting the tone, setting the example. You know, do you actually uh, practice and role-play with them? And then are there clear expectations of what's, what's expected? You know, here's, here's what should happen. And then afterwards, you know, it goes to the management and the expectation. You know, I see a lot of people, when they're managing people, they try to hold people accountable after the, the fact. Mm. You know, let's say, for, for example, a salesperson is supposed to do X, Y, and Z during a week. And at the end of the week, 
the manager then looks over their numbers and says, well, you didn't do X, Y, or Z, as opposed to how about during the process we hold them accountable Mm. and we help them hit their numbers or hit their expectations as opposed to trying to correct it afterwards. I mean, just brilliant. I mean, the, the amount of effort and energy that that would probably require from the leadership position is probably far, not only more effective, but, but less exhausting. Uh, you know, it's probably a, a far better exchange with the person that you're trying to, to get one, get buy-in from and, and two, see results from. You, you mentioned being a, an example yourself. You know, if I can give a, a little bit of a shout out, you know, I've had the, the honor to, to come and speak to your team. And there are occasions, and I won't mention those occasions, but there are occasions where the, the leadership uh, the folks that bring me in to teach and motivate, um, they're on their phone in the back of the room, not listening while I'm up there talking to their team. Or they go out in the hallway and they do some stuff on their, their laptop uh, as though, you know, hey, you're here for them. And they themselves don't stay in the moment. It's not that my words are so impressive that they need to listen to me, but but to show the team. And, and, I, and I, if I can give a shout out, I remember clearly – I can't remember exactly how many people were in that room, Larry. I mean, it felt like hundreds, but I remember clearly your laser focus in the back of the room. I mean, you literally were listening, taking notes, and and and, and whether you had heard me say that 400 times or not, the team around you saw the leader go in the way, not just show in the way. You and I both respect John Maxwell, leadership, know the way, show the way, go the way, but you were showing them, I'm here with you. This is, the, this is what I expect from you, and so therefore I'm going to do it. And I thought that was so impressive. So when you say be that example, I, I, I know that you walk the walk. You're not just talking the talk. Well, thank you, Titus. Um, I mean, I think if I'm going to be there, I, I'm going to be there. And, I, and that's something that I try you know, to be present. That's something that I try to teach and try to help our people with. But if, if it's hard for me to ask them to be in, in the in the meeting and taking notes if I'm not doing it. Yeah. And so to me it's pretty simple and, and pretty common sense it's, it's not really an option. What's another step in creating high performing, right? What so so right now I'm taking notes and I've got clear expectations, proper training, set the example, be the example. What's what's another step uh, when we go from good to great, high performing? Well, I think a lot of it's the keys to how you manage and, and work with your people. You know, I think about, you know, the accountability of holding them accountable along the way. I think a lot of people, to go back to that point, a lot of people think about accountability as being a negative thing, like I have to hold them accountable. I try to shift my, my leaders and my managers into thinking about it as a positive, mm. about how to get them to hit their goals, how to help your people hit the numbers, how to help them hit their goals. So accountability is during the process, but it's more of a positive thing. It's not a confrontational thing. Mm. Um, I think about managing one-on-one versus in a group. You know, um, if, if, if a sales organization has a team meeting, that's great. And you can try to inspire and create an environment that can be easily motivated in. But real leadership, real management, in my mind, is one-on-one, not in a group. Because everybody's needs, wants, and desires can be can be slightly different. Before we take a break, it sounds to me like you're step by step building and creating a culture. I, I think that's the word that that is coming to mind. You're really talking about 
a culture. Is that right? I mean, it because it, it, it doesn't sound yeah. single faceted. You're telling me all these different components they really make up the entire work experience. Is that is that a culture you're creating that's 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 creating the high performance in your team? That's something that I've I've seen high performance sales teams over the last you know thirty years or so. I've seen that they always have a great culture. The best teams have a culture, and um, and to create that, you know, it, it's hard. You know, sometimes it's hard to put your finger on it and like define it in words. But I can look at any sales team in, in, in a meeting or, or in an environment, and I can tell within ten minutes which ones have the best culture. You know, it's you know you may not be able to tell what they they look like, but you can tell when it's not there. Mm. And so, developing that culture, it's easy to tell if it's not there. And and, and to put your finger on it, it's, it's a lot of components that go into making it. Um, but it, but it's it's the environment, it's the, the leader, it's the atmosphere, it's the feel. Um, you know, do, do people want to be a part of it? You know, and a lot of times, you know, it's easy for somebody sometimes to quit on themselves easier than it is to quit on others if they're tied in. Mm. That man, that's powerful. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask questions like, you know, what are some keys to managing people? And maybe how do you create a culture that's not so easily shifted and you know something that sticks but we're going to take a quick break we're going to say thank you to each and every sponsor man we appreciate them but you're listening to solutions from the huddle right here on espn charlotte hey titus bartolotta with collaborative solutions i want to invite you to a personal development and professional growth program called performance essentials 101 the cool thing is we're coming to charlotte north carolina and i hope to see you there you can get all the details by going to team-csg.com. That's team-csg.com. Maximize your potential and advance the vision of your business and life. Team-csg.com. Hey, this is Titus Bartolotta from Collaborative Solutions Group. Yeah, I'm an author. I'm a busy uh, business professional. I own multiple companies. But the truth is, I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I am in my home all the time. I wanted to take just a quick minute and share with the whole world uh, that my good friend Danny Castillo of Quality Air of the Carolinas has done some amazing things in our home. They've helped to make our air quality far more clean, healthy, and pure. I recommend everybody take a moment to reach out to their company and find out how you can improve the quality of air in your home too. Think about how much your car does for you. Carrying you around, getting you to places on time, the kids do appointments, taking you for a night on the town, and even plays the radio for you while you're driving. So consider everything your car does for you. Isn't it time you did something nice for your car? Bring your car into your local Jiffy Lube for a signature service oil change with Pennzoil Motor Oil. We will check, inspect, and fill vital fluids, ensuring your car is ready for whatever you ask of it, and you won't even have to lift a finger. Get on your car's good side today with a signature service oil change at Jiffy Lube. Alpha Graphics Charlotte, located in Pineville, is a marketing and print solutions company that helps businesses of all sizes. They provide services such as graphic design, printing, signage, direct mail, promotional products, and expert project execution with the ultimate goal of promoting your brand to get noticed and get business. Contact Alpha Graphics Charlotte in Pineville today and let them show you all the different types of marketing and branding solutions that they can provide. All right, and we're back. Thank you so much. Uh, each and every one of those sponsors are just absolutely wonderful. If you know the ethics, if you know the mindset of this program and, and of myself, you know we won't we won't stand next to somebody that we don't believe in and and and, and truly 
know is doing a good job. Hero leaders, power leaders, those are the kind of folks that we love to have as sponsors of the program. It's actually quite easy to be a part of the program and sponsor the program if you want to get more exposure and make sure your brand is heard by everyone. Chris, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, send me an email, chris at ESPN730.com, and we'll certainly talk about some some ideas and, and connect you with Titus and this terrific show. Larry Manley is joining us again here on 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte, Cutco Cutlery. He's been part of this organization since 1988. A million years, I think, yeah. if I'm doing the math right. <laughs> and you know what? You know what, Larry? One of the things he said right out of the gate that I just want to bring up and talk about is – you know, you obviously, you've been with this company since 1988. You obviously have a great passion for this company and for the product. And how important is that? You know, I've, I've come across, say, uh, radio salespeople that I've worked with in the past that don't listen to the radio station, but then they go out and try to sell it. I'm like, you're not real passionate then about the product. But boy, if you can find someone that is very passionate and believes in, you know, what uh, what they're selling... Man, that's that's part of the battle, isn't it? I would say that's that's so critical for mm-hmm. me and for anybody I, I've ever seen in sales that anybody worth their salt, I think it's very difficult to, to represent and sell products you don't believe in. I've been lucky and fortunate that I get to work with, with Cutco Cutlery, which um is the world's finest cutlery without even a doubt. It's not even close how good the product is. But also as I moved up with the company my product became more developing young people and working with young students and people. And to me, that's something I'm very passionate about as well as trying to help mentor and develop and coach, you know, young individuals. Here, here's the, let me, let me get this on the air. Um, and, and Larry's going to love this, I think. But, so I have a culinary degree and, you know, sometimes I've gotten a little snobby with my knives in the past, my wife and I both. Okay. And I won't even say the name of the brands, but if you're a, 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 you know, a chef or you're involved in culinary and you get all fancy, there's some brands and they're expensive and that's the only way you can cut a tomato, right? That's the other, it gets a little snobby in, in, in the, 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 the culinary world at times. And so uh, Larry talked with me about Cutco and, and, and the whole world knows about Cutco. Let's be honest. I mean, try finding somebody that's never heard of the product. It's absolutely incredible. But um, I wasn't sure, and, and, and Larry was so passionate, Chris, mm-hmm. that he said, you got to have this knife. You just got to have it. And so I, I remember when I brought the knife home, and my wife said, what's that? I said, it's, it's what we're going to use. I promised him. And then next thing I know it, I've got tons of Cutco knives, okay? I don't have one. I've got tons. And, and you know what I did with all the, the fancy brand knives? I don't even know where they are. Okay, I put them away. That's what I did with them. So I will tell you from Titus, a person with a culinary degree who's cooked in more kitchens than I can count with some of the world-famous chefs, uh, go get yourself a Cutco knife. I mean, quit playing around. It's just absolutely incredible. And, Larry, you didn't pay me a dollar to say that, right? No, not at all. (laughs) This is the truth. It's just the truth. Here's what I want to know. You talked about really it went from the product to, for you, the product has been really growing and developing young people to be a force in the sales world for Cutco. What are some key, some, some key really strategic things when it comes to managing people, maybe even young people? Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned before the break briefly managing one-on-one versus in a group. And I think that's so important because within the organization, 
you know, we have expectations, right? And so everybody out there, if you're managing people, if you're leading people, if you have a company, you have certain expectations. But within that, you have individuals. And I think it's very important to get to know your individuals, and we call those hot buttons. What are their hot buttons? What do they really want? Why are they working for you? Why, why are they doing what they're doing? And a lot of times I'll see managers say, well, they just want to make a lot of money. Well, is it really the money or is there more to it? Because I've found through years of managing people, it's not usually the money. There's, you know, what do they want to do with the money? What do mm. they want to get out of it? And so finding the right. hot buttons to me is a real key. Yeah, that's important. You know, it, it requires asking questions. And, and how many leaders do, do we see that want to want to tell folks what to do all day long and not really ask any questions? And I, I oftentimes, I'm a person of faith, and so I oftentimes will kind of attribute this to, so for instance, if faith is the absence of things seen but you still have belief, I think influence is the absence of giving direction, yet people still follow in your presence. Uh, you don't have to tell. You start telling. You start telling. You're not influencing. And so what you're saying is to know the hot buttons, you got to, what are they going to do with the money? You might have to ask them a few questions so you can get to know them well enough. Maybe you might, you might lead them more effectively. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. It's a lot more powerful when, when the person you're managing knows that you actually care about them, that you know them. Yeah. Right. And so, so, you know, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I, I talk to my managers a lot about, do your people know that you care about them? You know, do they know that you care for more than just the sales? Mm. You know, we all want to sell a lot. We all, that's what we do. We want to sell a ton. But do they know that you care about them more than just for that? Um, and, it, and they, you know, they should, be able to, they should be able to know that. They should be able to feel it. Um, another thing, Titus, I think is critical is building confidence. There you go. Building yeah. confidence. That's right. And being a good finder, it's, it's a lot. I, I find it's a lot more natural for me sometimes because I, I, I'm striving for greatness and striving for, you know, and I don't say that in a conceited way. It's just I'm trying. I'm striving to get better. A lot of times I'll point out, you know, hey, we can do this better. Hey, how about this? Well, I got to remind myself a lot of times, hey, be a good find. People mm. feel good, do good. People yeah. feel good, do good. So try to find out little things that they're doing. Maybe... Maybe somebody's selling a certain product or service, but they're not. Their average isn't real big, but they, but they made a couple sales in a row or, or something like that, where you can build their confidence. Um, I think about praising public versus criticizing private. Oh, I like that. You know, and and if you ever have an organization that has any type of organizational meetings, try to recognize as many people as possible in front of their peers. But it's got it's got to be genuine, right? You can't just build them up to say something nice about them. You can't be like, hey, they they're a great person. Yeah. It's got to be specific. <laughs> it's got to be specific and genuine. But I find the more I can genuinely recognize people and make them feel good and build their confidence, performance typically goes up. We've got two minutes left before we put a period on this show. I mean, I can't believe all the notes and strategies and tips that you're pouring in to this program. <laughs> Uh, here's what I want to do, though, in our last minute and a half here. You've told us what to do. Give me one, two, three things that we got to stop doing. I'm a leader. I'm running a sales team. I've got an organization that hinges upon whether or not we're going to perform at a high level in sales. 60, 90 seconds. Tell me, what do we need to stop doing now? 
I would say the leader needs to forget about himself. We need to stop thinking about ourselves and our own needs and our own wants and think and think about, hey, what do my people need? What do they want? What is, how can I help them succeed? Because in pretty much every company I know of, if the people are successful, then it filters off. Everybody becomes successful if you can help enough people be successful. And so to me, that's the number one thing I think about is, as a leader and as a manager, I have to forget about myself. I have to put all the focus on the people and pour my energy into them being successful. And if I help, you know, get everybody, you know, from the bottom up be successful, then I'll be taken care of. I love that. I know that Larry Manley wasn't just impressive, but he impressed upon people uh, what to do, what not to do so they can develop a high-performing sales organization. Larry, thanks for being on the program, my friend. We hope to have you back in the future. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it, Titus. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. All right, folks, don't you ever, ever miss a a Saturday or an opportunity on our podcast. Make sure you go to ESPNCharlotte.net, team-csg.com, and we hope to see you and hear from you every single week. Thanks. Hey, Titus Bartolotta with Collaborative Solutions. I want to invite you to a personal development and professional growth program called Performance Essentials 101. The cool thing is we're coming to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I hope to see you there. You can get all the details by going to team-csg.com. That's team-csg.com. Maximize your potential and advance the vision of your business and life. Team-csg.com. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here, your host for Solutions from the Huddle. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. And if you want to stay involved and engaged in the show, we ask that you come back every Saturday morning at 1030 a.m. If you want to listen to the show on demand and online, be sure to check out all major podcast channels by searching for Solutions from the Huddle. Thanks again for your support. We hope you come back.